Hello and welcome to episode 20 of season two of the Connect 2 podcast. I'm Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey Jeff, how are you? Fractious. Fractious? Fractious. Oh my. Yes. I'm a week away from holidays. Got a lot on my plate. A lot of crazy stuff is happening as usual in the world and locally. And I'm just feeling a little bit, a little bit strained. So I'm looking forward to being away for a week in Hawaii and on the sand and probably just get fucking blind eye drink. And and as we uh, as we record this, it's actually a Friday. It is a Friday, a so about a week away. Yeah. yeah, yes, that's true. Because of uh, things, I can't remember what happened. Like, Something happened. Well, we got delayed on our oh flat tire. You got a flat, oh that's flat right, tire. which is still hasn't been repaired. Yeah, still no. I have to time it so that uh, the AMA can come, and then I can take it over to Fountain Tire where I had it repaired. It's a. We just had the tire switched. Well, where they, where is your, your your vehicle? It's in their driveway. Okay, you can yeah. just jack it up and put a block underneath and take the tire. I suppose I probably could, but uh, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, might, I might do that. Okay. Hadn't thought of that. We're not very handy people with the mechanical stuff. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm sure my wife will be like, no. We're a week away from going away. Don't don't screw around. She might be right. So, how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. Got my camper winterized. I saw it. Ready to get put away. Hell yeah. Put in storage. You know, we, we never took ours out this year, the whole year. Really? Yeah. Well, with the price of gas and just stuff being what it is, we just decided uh, to take some drives just with the car and... We never took it out, so it's been it's been weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're uh, new to the channel, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Today we have coffee. We have uh, this coffee. This coffee. Yeah. This coffee right here that I am drinking. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking for my dad joke here. No, this coffee. Oh, this is what it's called. This coffee. The coffee is this coffee. Uh, this coffee co. This coffee co. Yeah. It is a Tanzanian. This coffee is Tanzania. <laughs> and where is this Song coffee? Way, Southern Tanzania. It is, uh, the varietals are bourbon, Jackson bourbon, and the process is washed. And it has something called a MASL 1675 to 1900. I have no idea what that means. Uh, tasting notes are black plums, dark Ooh. chocolate, and caramel. Now, where is this coffee? located uh toronto ah and it says tanzanian coffees are sometimes difficult to find given that only about 10 7 to 10 percent of their exported coffee is imported into the north america mm. Where's uh, these the rest coffees of have a characteristic yeah. tanzanian i don't know doesn't say tanzanian cup profile i usually taste lots of fruit and sometimes floral notes as a result of being grown at high altitude uh, it is specifically roasted. They have specifically roasted this coffee to tone down its inherent fruitiness and make it a perfect fit for the classic and approachable pack. Nice. Nice. There you go. Mm. This is really good. I can really taste the dark chocolate. It's quite good, yeah. And the, the black plums. It's good. I, uh, I heard through some people, some friends at the November Project, that there's a place in Edmonton here you can get... Uh, Authentic Montreal bagels. Well, there used to be. I don't know if there still is. A place called the Coffee Bureau apparently has. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go check that out. 
apparently the coffee is good too. So maybe we should get some coffee from the coffee bureau. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Local and some bagels. Uh, so <laughs> Jim Dadjo. <laughs> yeah. What do you call a fake noodle? I don't know. An impasta. <laughs> <laughs> um, gonorrhea would have been a great okay. name for diarrhea medicine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. that My boss hates it when I shorten his name to Dick, especially <laughs> since his name is Steve. <laughs> Do you, that's good. Do you have, you have another one? Do you have one more? Did you hear about the guy who dipped his testicles in glitter? <laughs> no. It was pretty nuts. <laughs> there you go. The uh, the gonorrhea thing reminds me. I don't know if you remember. Well, we we would have been pretty young, but there was a there was a uh, dietary aid product in the eighties, yeah. and the name of the product was AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it came out not too long before the AIDS pandemic hit. So they had this some serious rebranding to do. But yeah, <laughs> oops. What has two butts and kills people? <laughs> I don't know. An assassin. <laughs> What? <laughs> An assassin. Oh, Jesus. There you go. Okay, enough, right. enough, enough, enough. Yes. Enough. What did you learn this week? I learned why you don't need to have an existential crisis. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> so existentialism, turns out, this is a, this was really good. So usually people have an existential crisis because at some point it dawns on you that you had choices and it, you know, maybe you should have married somebody else or done another thing or right. That you had, you, you could have been in a different place, but the philosophy of existentialism at the end of the day says in uncertainty and, and anxiety is part of the human condition. So that even had you, even if you could go back and make those different choices, there's no way that you could predict um, how that would play out and you'd have to make other choices. So that ultimately you'd wind up probably at the same age still questioning these new choices because then you'd still be like, well, what if I'd done something else again? So the basic idea is kind of get comfortable with the fact that this is where you're at and that you didn't make mistakes because there is no perfect choice. It was, it would have been impossible to make the perfect choice. It's just not a thing that can happen. And so that there's no, benefit in going back and, and questioning you're you're kind of where you're at and that's just you know the, well, that's you know, part of human experience and get on with it you know that's interest <laughs> it's an interesting that you come up you, you come up you mentioned that because um this past uh week uh Lori and i were talking about this specifically because um i don't i don't like second guessing myself okay um so uh mostly because i think what happened was when i had my own business for a long mm. time i had to make lots of decisions about sure. things right just some things were important some things were unimportant it didn't really matter i just had to make lots of decisions right and what i came to terms with is where i am now is based upon the decisions i made 
if I need to make a new, if I need, if I've made a wrong decision, I've got to make a new decision and, and no decision is a form of decision. Yes. And, but the big thing was accepting the results of your decisions mm. and not trying to like, you can't change the past. Right. So you're only ever moving forward. Yeah. So just, it, you know, so there's no point fretting about, well, maybe I should have done this. Well, you didn't. So move on. Yes. Right. Because it really doesn't, it's completely unproductive and is so, can be debilitating. Well, it, it can lead some, to an existential depression yeah. or crisis, but we're, we're led to believe, I guess, falsely that you could have made a better choice. And yeah. what, what the philosophers have concluded, people like Sartre and, and is that in effect, you couldn't, yeah. you know, there is no, when you use, it's beyond our human capacity because there's too many things that you couldn't know. Yeah. And so if you did the best you could at the time to quote my Angelou, you know, you did what you did when well, you and, do, and now you know better. So you do better. And, well, and she, uh, Lori, this came up because Lori was reading this book called, uh, I think it's called the midnight library. Okay. And, uh, it's basically about somebody who's just had an overdose and is basically in, when you overdose, you go to this library and the oh, library is full of all these books. And these books are basically all your regrets and kind of, uh, what you, what would have happened if you'd made a different choice? Okay. Also right? very timely. So you go there and you open the book and you read the the different thing. And, and she spends time in the library going through. And every time she had this idea that she could have made a different decision. And when she actually did read the book of that decision, it never turned out the way she thought it was going to. There was right. always something wrong. So in the end, she determined that she was in the... Right thing. So she actually went back and threw up, and then got got to uh, to a hospital and uh, and lived. And but now all of a sudden she has this different perspective on life. Ooh, sounds like an interesting book. Yeah. She said it was. Laurie said it was a really really good book. So. Yeah. Well, there's a similar idea, and I read about it. He didn't come up with it, but Mark Manson's uh, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F U C K." Um, there's a passage on in there about kind of ultimate responsibility so that that, that too is a part of life that if you, wherever you're at decisions that were made good, bad, or otherwise, <clears throat> this is kind of where you're at and nobody's coming to help you right. really. And that not blame, blame and responsibility are different. People might have done stuff to you that they, that was wrong and, and the blame kind of lies with them. But even in that, in that case, at the end of the day, it's kind of your mess. Like you are where you are and the only person who can move forward is you. Yes. Right. And so if you practice this radical responsibility, it's empowering. I mean, it can be a little bit daunting because you're like, Oh geez, <laughs> like there's nobody coming to help me. Yeah. Sorry. But once you get comfortable with that, then you realize, okay, I'm like, you know, I got to do it. Right. And okay. and you can spend a bunch of time lamenting your your state, but that doesn't really help. Or you can just quickly try to accept it, like honor the fact, yeah, this sucks, right? But then it's like, okay, well, it is what it is. And now I'm responsible for figuring out what's next. So yeah. 
Interesting. It was a nice light episode today here. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so I learned two things. Um, One is, so there is a, um, a plan to go to Titan, to Titan, the moon Titan. And it is actually considered Uh, the most. Isn't that one of Jupiter's moons? One of Jupiter's moons. It's considered the most likely to have. Well, potential life because Ooh. it has complex they believe it has complex uh, um, uh, hydrocarbon chains which are only created by life interesting and uh, it has a it has I- io was a pretty good candidate too but now they're thinking i think titan. io is very um has a lot of um um is, is very active but right. but titan in particular because it has a magnetosphere it has uh, an atmosphere, even though it's quite thin. Okay. Uh, it really? has, um, it has liquid in the form of liquid methane and ethane that uh, right. rains like, okay. like water. So it's not an ice planet. It is an icy planet. It's colder. It's, right. it's 190 degrees Fahrenheit, I think, but like below? below zero. Yeah. But it is, uh, that's okay. We found, you know, uh, extreme files that can live in all kinds of conditions exactly so, yeah so but what's really cool about wow. this is the, the so what their plan is yeah is they have the, the so their vehicle that's intended to land on titan they uh-huh. didn't know what they were expect to see on titan they thought it might be like like a crusted over lake or something like that okay but but they, they have there is some hard parts okay so they've so identified like exposed soil there that's they have rock. identified where they're going yeah and um they're sending a thing called the dragonfly which is it's basically kind of like the ingenuity on mars it's a helicopter okay so they're going to travel around on a helicopter called the dragonfly when you say they, is this a crude mission? No, 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 planning? no. This is okay. this is unmanned. Okay, but it is a remote, a remote, like just just a helicopter. Sure. There's no rover, and a helicopter. Oh, okay. It's just so just something that's going to land and then land some kind of helicopter. It, and it, yeah, wow. And it, I think the idea is that it, it flies for twelve days and then sits for twelve days or something like that. It's like this. It sits and recharges its batteries to interesting. So it's it's a very different approach, very different kind of looking helicopter. It looks more like a drone with multiple rotors because um What if some old Ukrainian lady takes it out with a can of soup? (laughs) Exactly. Well then Proof of Life. Proof of life. (laughs) Um the other thing is there's this crazy ship called the Zumwalt, which is this this naval ship that has uh, yeah, for the U.S. Yeah, named after a famous admiral. Yeah, uh, that's right. What the hell right. was his first name? I can't remember now. This but, is a uh, crazy ship. So they basically started building the ship. There's three of them already. Okay. Right? Unbelievably expensive with incredible technology and promises. Promises of technology. Important, important promises of technology. Okay. Um, one of the things that they were... They were they were basically building it to install. Um, have you ever heard the concept of rail guns? Yes. So rail guns basically are electromagnetically launched um, projectiles. Right. Okay. They had a, so so it's designed with these these uh, two specific 130 millimeter cannons that are designed to be rail guns. Yeah. And, but the projectiles, so there's these are exploding shells. 
So not only are they launching them super fast, so they go very, very fast, um, faster than they would from a, a ballistic, like a gunpowder-based right. thing. <clears throat> yep. They, um, uh, it, they're explosive as well when they hit. Sure. Um, anyway, um, each bullet costs $800,000. Wow. <laughs> so they've determined that it's too expensive to to put that kind of ordinance in this boat, but they also basically can't retrofit the guns to shoot anything else. So the end result is they have these, so so when they, they actually started building it, they built it and some of the design parameters and the technology wasn't quite ready. Of course. And what's happened is some of that technology is not feasible. Oh boy. So they have, uh, so it has this very crazy looking stealth profile. So that still works. It has the design that- But no weapons. Uh, not the main guns. It has some other gun that, that actually does work. It also has like a, a vertical launch platform where it can shoot missiles up. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it also has the ability to, um, I think it's like to house two or three uh, helicopter style drones. Okay. Or uh, actual helicopters. Interesting. So, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's super fascinating because basically it's, they built three and they're probably not going to build anymore because this design is all screwed up. Wow. Is it so, a, and it's billions and billions of dollars. Oh, sure. Yeah. But you know, the American defense budget, they can afford that. I think one of these boats is like almost $5 billion. Yeah. It's a rounding error in their defense budget. Right? Anyway, so that, wow. Maybe so, they should rename one of them the Trump. <laughs> Trump. The Imperial Federation Navy ship. Exactly. Donald J. Trump. So it's today a, it's a helicarrier. Helicarrier. Well, exactly. Well, they're very cool looking, but uh, nobody has a ship like that. It's the best ship out there. <laughs> exactly. All talk. When you see it in the sky, you know it's over. <laughs> it's, it's over. Especially because it's a ship and it shouldn't be in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> today in uh, naval news, the USS Trump was shot down by the USS E. Jean Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice tie into current events. Ah, yes. Um, so today we're talking about wine. Vino. Vino. So we're going to talk about the nine styles of wine and give an example of, of each. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. Okay. So, and part of this is I just came back uh, over the thanks the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. um, For all of our thousands of U.S. listeners. We have a few. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. And um, so um, so that was in uh, at the beginning of October. Yep. And um, so you guys went to wine country. We went to a wine company. Well, one, one of the wine countries. Yeah. We have so, here. so we went uh, to a place called the Naramata Bench, which is just north and east of Penticton. Yep. So beautiful, you, beautiful place. Yeah. You can't, yeah. It, it only, like, you kind of, it's kind of a dead end. You go into yes, Naramata, there's right. nowhere else to go. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's a lot of wine country. Um, it's it's very cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so we got to try lots and lots of wines that we have sort of our favorite wineries. Um, there's there's a winery where I go and I have I've been uh, a member for ooh, over ten years. What's it called? Laughing Star. Oh yes. And uh, so I get wine at quite a discount. Nice. Like, uh, because I. I, I basically pay for it before they've made it. 
Oh, so it's so like they, a, they call it futures. A timeshare wine or a futures. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. future. I'm paying for future wine that That's hasn't brilliant. come out yet. Yeah. And then when I when the wine actually arrives, uh, so I, mean, I think the wines, if you were to buy it in a store in Alberta, it's about 80 bucks a bar- bottle. Um, I pay about 35. Right. And if you go to the winery to buy it, even at a discount, it's 52. So, mm. so substantial differences in price. That is awesome. So, um, but so styles of wine, there are nine styles of wine. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, I'm going to get you to try and guess some of them and see if you can, how, how many you can, you can now, these are a class of wine, so it's not a particular grape. Right, 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 right. So are these red or red and white? Red and white and yeah, any kind of wine. Okay. Well, there's Chianti. Chianti is a type of wine, yes. Mm-hmm. Not not a style. So, so there there's You said these are nine styles? Styles. So you got oh. you got types of white. Okay. You got types of red. Yeah. And yeah, so So Chianti is not a type? Type it, no, it's it's a it's a it's a or it's, it's a, not a it's style. A, it's more of a, a varietal style. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm not understanding. So the first one would be sparkling wine. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, second one would be a light-bodied white wine. Ah, yes. Then you'd have a full-bodied white wine. Right. Then a rosé. Uh, rosé, but you'd also have uh, an aromatic sweet wine, like a Moscato or something. Ah, like okay. Uh, a light-bodied red wine. Okay. A medium-bodied red wine. Right. A full-bodied full red wine. wine. And then a dessert wine or a fortified wine. Got it. Okay. Okay. So... Um, so in terms of uh, sparkling wine, um, a lot of people are familiar with champagne, but champagne is basically just a, a is basically, so it's two things, is a sparkling wine. You can make sparkling wines out of pretty much any grape. Right. Um, the method champagnoise, I'm, I'm not pronouncing that right, but uh, is basically a very particular method. Yes. Of doing it. And uh, it basically creates these bubbles. Yes. And um, they, it, it's uh, basically a lot of, a lot of sugars still in it that are not fermented. Right. Um, and, and you can only, only the sparkling white from the region of can champagne. be called champagne. That's right. Yeah. So that's uh, why a lot of places will call it uh, method champagnoise because not only is it, is champagne from a very specific reason region it also is a very particular process right because there's other ways to make yeah so it's kind of like a patented or or a yeah but so an example of a sparkling wine that is not champagne might be like cava okay cava is from spain it's also a region um and it is basically uh yeah it is and then there's different levels of of uh, sweetness you also have prosecco or cremante right. mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different yep. things so that is um sparkling sparkling yep a light-bodied white wine would be like a pinot gris oh yes right easy drinking yeah uh not not super sweet um you might also have like a Sauvignon Blanc. These are kind of a nice wine to have on a hot summer day. Yeah, would Aaron Feltzer fit, fit into that as well? I would think so. Aaron Feltzer might be also a more of a aromatic sweet. Oh, wine. maybe right because they are quite quite sweet. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then you have uh, full-bodied white wine. 
yeah. which everybody's heard of Chardonnay. Yes. Those, you know, and the, those, uh, you know, there was a, a while back in the early 90s where they were heavily oaked and you'd get super buttery flavors. Yes. Yeah. Those are very full bodied. Yeah, kind of tasting it in my mind. Califor right now. California yeah. Chardonnay. Yes. So, you know, they have, they kind of have a bit more of a yellowy color. That's right. Yep. The thing about white wines is they're not, they tend not to be left on sur le, sur lis, uh, sur le lis. Um, on 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 the skins, basically, uh, a lot of um, white wine may still have a red skin. Yes, and, that's right. Uh, and but to get the tannins for red wines, they actually they leave the skins in. They leave yeah, the exactly. skins in. Yep. For a white, lot of white wines, they don't. Do that. That's right. Absolutely. Well, in fact, yeah. So it's not like it's a green grape or a red grape. Yeah. So <laughs> it's an, another not quite that. Simple. And surprisingly, another. So uh, so another. So uh, aromatic. Okay will be a sweet wine and these are um they're the oldest wine varieties in the world aromatic grapes oh yeah in fact cleopatra is known for her love of muscat from alexandria muscat is a very specific type of um grape that yep. is quite sweet okay they tend to have uh, almost perfumed aromas that spring out of your glass um they can be dry or sweet but most will be a bit sweet mm. usually have so you have moscato dasty gertstraminer riesling although riesling can oh, also interesting. be yeah also be the more full body depending on how it's uh, right. how it's made yeah um rosé wine um is it, you know it's basically made it's basically a white wine with uh, that is spent uh, with a short time on the skins of red grapes okay yeah usually red wine grapes usually um sometimes it's a red wine that is left for a very short period of time on the grapes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so um uh, first popularized in the late 1700s where they imported to england and called claret oh right okay that's what, uh, yeah there's all kinds of them. The most common and probably the most famous is uh, white Zinfandel. Oh yes, Zinfandel is a red grape, right? A red <clears throat> wine grape. Um, uh, but you can also get uh, rosés made from Cabernet Sauvignon. But mm -hmm. like I, I think white Zinfandel is was for a long time the most popular, the single most popular style of wine. Oh yeah, like in terms of quantity. Interesting. Yeah. So it tends to be, I think there, there tend to be there, although there's sweet ones, there's also a lot. Of I don't know why I hear white Zin and I think, uh, real housewives. I, I don't know why it's just what I'm I connect sure that's there. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. So we're getting there. So yeah. there's a, so light bodied red wine. Okay. So these are ones that are, you know, they they taste light. You can typically sure. see through them. Yeah. So the so it's quite the, clear. The and, amount and, of tannins in there. Yeah. Tannins come from the the skins, and the the skins are uh, a tannin typically makes it taste a little astringent on yes. your tongue. Yes. It dries your mouth out. But yeah. the light red wines are some of the most coveted in the world. The most most famous is that people have heard is Pinot Noir probably. Yeah. Uh, although Gamay Noir is uh, uh, also a great wine mm -hmm. uh, in this category, um, Gamay is uh, made in France, is typically from the Beaujolais area. So you have, yep. uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Nouveau Beaujolais? Beaujolais Nouveau 
it's when you get gamay and it's super fresh like has not been left right to ferment very long sure it uh Beaujolais nouveau so okay uh medium bodied mm-hmm. now, this is one of my favorite classes of red wines as like a grenache okay uh, typically food wines yes wines yep. you, you can easily eat with food um there's um so grenache so Chianti would be in this category, mm-hmm. Sangiovese, which is one of the key ingredients in Chianti, mm-hmm. Merlot, Zinfandel, Multipolicano, yep. uh, Cabernet Franc, and Barbera. So mm. these are all medium body wines. And then these are the Man, most coveted. We used, to, we used to drink a lot more wine. I'm, I'm thinking we got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got way too much wine, yeah. so we, I can help you with that. Okay. Um, so the it's full good bo- for your heart, they say. Well, yeah, no. It's been a recent study from uh, was it uh, the for the not the food guide, but it's uh, Health Canada has basically said that the amount of safe wine consumption is way down ah, anyway uh, pinheads <laughs> academic goofs full body red wine <laughs> so the deepest and darkest the most tannic of all the red wines. yes um they are bold and they pair super good with juicy fatty steak like yes ribeye my favorite kind of um, wines they're actually. also very good on their own as a cocktail wine you will be familiar with these cabernet sauvignon yep Malbec, particularly from Argentina, uh-huh. Syrah or Shiraz, which yeah. are the same grape with two slightly different styles of, and even a Pinotage, which is from South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, See, I, I tend to more, I like the, the heavy red. Yeah. The full bodied red. Yeah. I like, I, I like them. I like, I mean, I like all kinds of wine, but depends on your mood. Yeah. But yes, I think that's, yeah. I think, I think that's yeah. the thing. I, I, it's funny. Cause uh, I, I'm more like the reds and the whites person. I mean, although on a hot day, you know, a nice chilled white yeah. can be pretty, pretty nice as well. That's exactly. Yeah. Um, so dessert wines. Oh yes. So this is the last category. Yep. Uh, these are typically, um, or ice wines would fall under this too, would they not? I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Ice wines, but ice wines are made quite differently. Um, so they might be considered under the sweet or aromatic. Oh, maybe, right. Because they're very sweet. Well, the idea with them is you freeze them and you have to freeze them. They basically have to be frozen on the vine for a certain number mm-hmm. of days. And it mm-hmm. has to hit those number of days. Right. Or you can't can't call it ice wine yeah and uh so it's not like you just they just leave the grapes they actually have to plan it's like a big plan sure um and uh, what happens is then they take the grapes off while they're still frozen and then they squeeze them out and any of the water that's in there is frozen in ice crystals and they that gets separated so all you get is the juice yeah that doesn't really have water in it and so it's uh, much more concentrated flavors, yeah, it, quite a bit cheaper. Yes. And that's why it's expensive is because you get a lot less out of the same grape. Right. Plus it's a, a somewhat onerous process. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, so, but they are quite nice. But in terms of a lot of sweet wines, um, in the 1800s, they were more popular than dry wines. Um, but um, today they're typically... Uh, they range from dry to sweet, some of the boldest and most intensely flavored... But there's all kinds of them. Um, and a lot of them are actually named after places. Oh, is that so, right? So Port is from uh, Porto. Uh, sherry is from the Sherry region of Spain. 
There is uh, uh, Saltaire, uh, which is a, uh, well, is it from France? Uh, you have Madeira, which is from the island of Madeira. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are named after, they tend to, to be uh, fortified with brandy to give it a higher alcohol content. Okay, yeah. So uh, although that's getting harder to, like, it used to be that the average alcohol content for a bottle of wine was like 12%. Now it can be as much as 15. Yeah. yeah. And the dessert wines were like 18 to 19. So that 12 to 18 right. or 19 was a 6% difference. Now it's a lot closer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, they were typically fortified with brandy. Yeah. Now, uh, what's a, sh wouldn't that be a sherry? Sherry is from Spain. Yeah. So port, Sherry, Madeira, yeah, Marcel, these are all, these all fortified. Yeah. They're all basically the same style of wine, usually with different grapes. Right. From different regions. From and, different regions. Yes. And yeah. Wine, one of the great human inventions, along with beer, beer and uh well the interesting thing I find with wine versus something gin like marijuana. Rum or cannabis. <laughs> so with with uh with wine, I really like I like the flavor and the pairing with food. Sure. I'm not super crazy about the after effects of alcohol if you consume too much. Well, that's right. And as you, sometimes you get older, you start to hit people hard. Right? Yeah. Like my dad was getting, he'd get all this like red, red. almost like a- Well, some people are like allergic a, to it. Yeah. Although it drank wine for decades. Yeah. Well. Probably in his late 60s, early 70s, started having this reaction. I was like, man, that sucks. Well, there's some also genetic things based on what part of the world you're in. Maybe. Oh, is that right? I think um, I think people from like like uh, Asia, sort of um, China and oh, Japan yeah. and all that, they're, they're more susceptible to those flushing from alcohol. Oh, is that right? From and it's alcohol. It's, it's, it's well, specifically as far, alcohol. As far as I know, there's not too much Asian... Uh, DNA in our family tree, but you never know. <laughs> you never, never know. know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but with cannabis, on the other hand, you're really looking at it for the effect and less for the particular yes, taste. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So you can um, be a, a wine. Yeah, a lot of people enjoy it, especially with food and yeah, stuff like and that. almost like we did some wine courses and and it's it's fun, right? It's a good hobby, and then you just to be. The, doing the tastings and the subtleties and especially I mean, how it interacts with food and so yeah, i suppose you could be a cannabis connoisseur as well although i suppose so but it'd be different it would be very different and i wouldn't think you would be mixing it with food I like don't like so. a, like as a food and cannabis well and, and it's just to... different by it's not like you can in, and then spit it out and be like oh yeah keep going right like you don't have to drink <laughs> you, at the wine tasting it's just for the taste that's true Although if it's really good, you know, you, you do pound a couple back. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, so Damn, and now if, I want to go on a wine tasting and if you and got if you, me Jones, well, and if you are tasting wine, they basically, there's an expression, which is, um, uh, uh, bread to sell, no cheese to sell bread to wine, uh, bread to buy. Ah. So basically if you're buying wine, okay. you should taste it with bread in between. Okay. Because it kind of cleanses your palate. Yes. Whereas with cheese, it uh, is going to encourage you to buy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Isn't so that interesting? you're going to like wines that are less 
good. Yeah. If you compare it with pair it with cheeses that you like. Okay. Whereas bread will uh kind of you'll see the difference is a little more yeah. starker. We went to a winery once, they it was peanut butter. They went out of business, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was a mistake. Really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's certain foods. There's certain foods you're never supposed to mix with wine. Oh, like uh, artichokes. Really? Yeah. Apparently, there's. Um, Will it kill you? No, but there's something in the um, in the flavor profile for the artichoke that interacts with um, the the wine. I don't know the the, the parts of the wine. Okay. The, the the flavor the flavor component that basically artichokes will make all wines taste bad oh interesting um there are certain uh, so other foods uh so if you have greasier like asian foods yeah typically a a white or a sparkling white in particular will cut through the fat so if you go to places like australia or something like that and you want to have french fries they'll often have sparkling white wine with that so, Interesting. so a lot of times in North America, we think of sparkling white wines with just celebrations. Right. But um, it goes really well with like high fat food. Like Interesting. Fish and chips. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, so it neutralizes the fat, which is like you can eat as much of it as you want. As long as you keep pounding yeah. back the, the white wine. Yes. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> yes. There's no fat. There's no uh, no calories whatsoever in wine. No. The producers of the Connect You podcast uh, would like to uh, reiterate that all advice given here is not advice. <laughs> yes. It's uh, entertainment purposes For only. entertainment we purposes are, only. Do not, not follow our advice. Yeah, we are not physicians. We're not experts. No. <laughs> And as we know, in our part of the world, we no longer listen to experts. So, thank goodness. And neither oh should you. Yes, especially if you're no. Daniel. Listen to the experts, yes. even if they make occasional mistakes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, they, they know more than you. So, um, so wine is fascinating. We do a whole series on wine. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I, it's funny because... Uh, wine, beer, scotches. Yeah. Yeah. That would be okay. Coffee. Coffee. Coffee's good. Afro-Cuban music. <laughs> Cigars. Oh. oh! <laughs> uh, that's uh Cigars that's, and I don't get along. Throwback to the past. Yeah, they, we did not get along. <laughs> All right. So anyhow. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, some some bad. Well, usually <laughs> Usually it was a, a a mix of alcohol and cigars, so that's probably part of the problem. Yeah, no, <laughs> that might have fueled the the reaction. <laughs> Sorry, the cigar maybe was the ignition source, but then the the alcohol was usually the 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 uh, combustible <laughs> material. So yeah, anyway, some pretty wild times. <sighs> yes, yeah. Uh, what kind of media are you consuming? Oh my god, I watched the end of Ozark. And is that the end of the series or the end of this thank God. particular season? Yes, no, it's over. End of season four. It was good. And it's it's done. Yes. It got just the whole show was dark. I thought, like I thought Breaking Bad was dark. Now it's good, but it just kept getting darker and darker. And then the last episode, just, just the way it ends, is like pitch black. Oh, it like I had to go lie down. It was so I don't know how to put it. But yeah, just like really morally upsetting. 
put it that way morally upsetting interesting yes like because the show is so well acted Uh that there's characters that you really begin to dislike and yet they're still kind of i don't know it's it's like everyday people but just doing terrible things and there's overtones of a little bit like walter white yeah yeah and of course breaking bad ends a certain way where it's kind of like morally satisfying and you go like oh okay you know you sort of got this didn't end that way. This was like, they're was, just going to go on this way, right? Was, so it was. Was it a dream and somebody wakes up in no, the shower? No, no, no. Nothing no, like that? No. That is the classic. That is but the classic. But there are a few shows that, that leave me like, oh, I wish I hadn't watched that out. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's that's just upsetting. Oh, wow. So, but, you know, it was good. Like, great production values and Jason Bateman. Who always plays the same character, but as long as he'll play him kind of light and sort of funny. Sometimes he plays him dark, but yeah, it was it was good. So, you? Uh, so a few things. Oh, I, I guess uh, the end of She Hulk. We already talked about that we last did, week. We yeah. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I watched Werewolf by Night. Yes. Did you see that? Yes, we that... watched it all to get all four of us as a family, and my wife loved it. It was really interesting. Kids liked it too. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, uh, I didn't know what to expect from it. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was initially, if it was a series or a one-off. It is a one-off. Yep. They have, uh, they apparently have plans for other one-offs. Well, like setting that. up uh, the Midnight Suns, which is the Marvel's Dark Avengers. Right. Well, no, actually there are Dark Avengers. It, it would be the. I don't know. They have so it's many. It's their supernatural equivalent of the Avengers, right? Okay. Uh, so Werewolf by Night, Blade. Oh, right. Um, uh, the Dark Knight uh, or the Dark uh, Black Knight. Dark uh, Knight? Yeah, the Black Knight. Black Knight. Uh, I want to call him um, Ghost Rider. Oh, right. And Ghost. then a couple lovers, too. That's right. So, yeah. Um, I also That'll been... be like phase seven or eight. Yeah, exactly. I've been watching Andor. Yeah, I watched the first episode. Well, you've uh, only watched the first? Well, yeah, my, my, I don't think my wife and kids are into this one. So I watched, I went back, I'd fallen asleep the first time. So I watched it. First episode doesn't really give you much. No, you have to you have so to watch the first like, three, okay? Because it's cool. a setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then it starts going along at a pretty rapid clip. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry on here probably tonight. Watch a couple more and get into it. Yeah, and uh, there's lots of allusions to other things, characters from some of the Clone Wars stuff that right. apparently appear. And um, anyway, it uh, so far it's, it's good. It's it's a it's a more uh, a more substantial series than a lot of the uh, some of the other ones, and it feels more like a TV series and less like a movie in six parts. Okay, interesting. So, like yeah. Obi Wan felt like they've a talked movie to in it six as this being like more of a almost like a, a mature, like a grown up Star Wars. Yeah, I would say uh, so. Well, Rogue One was a bit like that too, right? It it's sort very of stood much, outside of the, it's very the norm, and this this leads up to right Rogue One. Sure. So this is the five years before that. Okay. So. Um, um, the other thing I've been watching is this German show called Dark. Okay. Uh, which is kind of like a, a combination of Stranger Things. Yep. The X-Files. Okay. And uh, what's the other? Uh, it's kind of like that. Interesting. 
So uh, it is, um, it's set in this German town. Yep. Um, there's not a lot of explanations for what's going on. There's weird things happening, people disappearing, people reappearing. Um, Ooh, excuse me. And um, yeah, sounds interesting. And it's, uh, it's, it, well, the thing I find really interesting about it right now, and uh-huh. uh, so I'm six episodes in. Okay. Um, there isn't a single protagonist. So really? usually you have like one central character, like Andor, you have yeah. Cassian, Cassian, Cassian Andor, Andor yeah. uh, Werewolf by Light, Night has got like two pro- yes. protagonists. Yeah. Um, uh, She-Hulk has got one. Right. You know, there's, you know, Ozark has... And probably four. Maybe four. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah, but there's some central character to the, whom drives the narrative. You're driving it a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's... A, so there's there's an ensemble cast, and there's actually two versions, because there's, like, 1980s version, and then 2022 version. Like a remake? No. It's... Uh, oh, it's set across time? It's set across time, oh, okay. so each character has a corresponding right. other actor for yeah. the young version and the old version. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, so this is... That reminds me, sorry, I go on and then I'll, then I'll just, so, something just popped back into my head. So anyway, uh, fascinating so far. It's got me hooked, but I have no, I have no idea where it's going. I don't understand half of what's going on, although it, they do tend to, as you go along, things start to get a little bit explained. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, it's very interesting. So. <laughs> uh, that just reminded me of, there was a TV show late eighties, early nineties, and it was about uh, NHL hockey. And it was basically the Nordiques, but they called them something else. Ruck Voisin was in it. And I can't remember the name of it now. It was a great show. Only ran a couple seasons. So it was about the foibles of basically a NHL team in Quebec. Right. And I remember the thing about it, it, the show was bilingual, but they would shoot at predominantly English with a bit of French, and then they would reshoot the whole show. And just in French. No, French, but with... A little with, bit of English. With a little bit of English. But here's the thing, and I remember thing because I lived in Quebec at the time. That's where I grew up, right? On the French version, topless women. Boobs. <laughs> On the English version for the rest of the country... No boobs. No boobs, like wearing a bra or something. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and that to me is the quintessential battle of Quebec. Everybody's like, why is Quebec so different? Because we're cooler, man. You know, a little bit more liberal, a little bit more open-minded. But I remember because I I think both versions were on CBC, right? So you could catch it on the English CBC. I mostly would watch the French one predominantly because I was all my friends. and But it was this anomalous thing where you knew they were also showing a slightly different version, right? (laughs) It was like, really? I got to check that out. And I remember watching that. It was like, hey, wait, that scene was different last night <laughs> well you know the interesting thing with uh so i lived in toronto in the early early 90s uh late 80s early 90s and uh there was used to be a t- tv station called city tv in uh oh yeah in toronto and uh the big thing it was known for was that after midnight they had blue movies oh so, yes uh, do you remember there was something called the red shoe diaries yep yeah with uh, uh david Duchovny. yeah yeah 
Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of stuff that was there. The uh, And I guess the fourth type of media I've been consuming is I've been listening to the Expanse Audible book. Oh, is that right? Audiobook. Um, and I, I'm actually totally hooked. Like it's, uh, even though I've seen the TV show um, and it is very similar, it is not the same. It's very similar. So some of the conflicts, some of the setups are very similar. Okay. And then, but there is enough difference that it's, it's interesting and engaging and it's still super cool and really enjoying it. So anyway, um, that's pretty much it i think for okay today. yep i was trying to see if i could find the name of the show i think it might have been called he shoots he scores lance compte i think okay well we can definitely put it in the facebook i'll try and find it and we'll put it in yeah and... lance compte uh like 1989 yep okay. there you go excellent all right um so we will record we'll be here next week i think yeah. we'll probably have to do a double recording yeah for the week that i'm away yeah and uh that'll be good excellent all right and um if you have suggestions for guests yes fire think, us yeah. off yeah fire us and off an we'll, email we'll or... think about it on our end here as well yeah um yeah we're it's all good all right man anyway have a really great week you too okay take bye. care bye bye